Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Hello and welcome to episode 238 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty! Vex! Hey, how are you doing today? I'm very well, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, good. You awake today? <laughs> Reasonably, we've had um, some crazy storms here in uh, in London, and uh, that means I have crazy dreams all night. So I wake up very confused, going, "What? This is the land of Oz. How did I get here?" <laughs> yeah, no, I did look out of the window yesterday, and and the rain was going horizontally, and I'm like, I'm sure it's not supposed to do that. That's very weird. It was just completely horizontal rain, and that that's very strange. So, uh, yes, apart from that, you have been out and about. What have you been doing? Uh, I was up at the replay events Milton Keynes Retro Gaming Market on the weekend, which was lots of good fun. Um, yeah, loads, loads of stuff. So many things. I had to be very, very self-controlled and not buy all of the things, especially <laughs> when you've got like entire stands that are just full of Japanese import retro games. Some incredible um, pixel art that people create with those, uh, the aqua beads. Oh, I saw some of those. You posted them on your, uh, on your Twitter account. They, they were fabulous, those. They are so good. So many of those. Uh, a couple of artists were doing those. There was another artist that was creating um, little piggy banks and Russian dolls, <laughs> which were different characters. There was like a Sailor Moon set, which was Sailor Moon, and then all the other Sailor soldiers in them, smaller sizes, and the same for Harry Potter and the same for loads of other um, geek fandoms as well. So that they, they were pretty cute and pretty unique. Um, so it was, like, it was just such a really nice range of stuff because it's just like in a sports hall, so it's not the biggest event in, yeah. in the world, but there's such a good proportion of each type of thing in there that was absolutely loads to see a boxed complete mint vectrex as well wow which was pretty awesome fully working they had it there so you could see it working and yeah i don't know who bought that back in the day but they obviously loved it very much because there wasn't a mark on it it's amazing that people managed to kind of keep these things together in the boxes and all that sort of stuff it's brilliant piece of history yeah no definitely so uh, anything else any other places you've been uh, i saw birds of prey <laughs> oh yes go on then I haven't seen it yet, so spoiler free. <laughs> yeah, I won't say any spoilers because it's, you know, it's only just come out, so that's not fair to people. But um, I quite enjoyed it. I don't like the costuming at all. It, right. on, on a completely irrational, I just don't like it. The fact the hyena is called Bruce won't stop annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> She's only got one hyena and it's called Bruce and, and that, which is, of course, not a real criticism movie whatsoever. It's just as a comic book fan. I'm like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> I can deal with so many other things being different, but for some reason... That's that's the one detail being different that that actually bothered me, which is ridiculous considering it is so far removed from the comic books. Good action sequences. There's um, some action sequences which have Harley on her roller skates, full roller derby style. Right. Yeah. So yeah, some good, some good like practical stunts and um, fun fight choreography. Very comic book, very cartoon yes. in its approach to things. I think that they looked a little bit sideways at Tank Girl the movie right yeah yeah. There, there were bits where i was like this this feels kind of like someone's watched tank girl recently and <laughs> um, with the kind of crazy costuming um the time jumping little bits of animated stuff narration yeah so which isn't necessarily a criticism it just is something i sort of thought watching it i was like this just this just does quite remind me of of the um directorial approach to, to the Tank Girl movie. But it was good. It was good fun. It's it's not particularly deep. It's not particularly clever. I don't think it's aiming for either of those things anyway. No. Um, 
I think my, my, my general one line thing is, is I don't feel like I was robbed, but I probably wouldn't buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> right. OK. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't watched it yet. I, I may try and get to see it at some point or I may wait for it on home release. But uh, yeah, it's it seems to have gone across reasonably well. Uh, the Generally, the criticisms seem to be sort of, you know, yes, it's a bit silly in places, but it's it's not as bad as something like Suicide Squad, which is a good thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, generally, it seems to be sort of OK, fun, silly kind of couple of hours if you want to go and spend time watching that. That seems to be the general kind of point of view of it. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it jumps around a lot. Mm. Um, but in an it's intended in a sort of intended way. So from a direction standpoint, it's a lot more cohesive than Suicide Squad, even though the the style of um, narration and time jumping and stuff is very manic. But yeah. it, it's definitely more cohesive. You can see that this hasn't had as much studio confusion, interference, discussions, yes. re-edits, reshoots kind of thing as Suicide Squad did. So it feels much more like this has come out the other side as it was intended to be, at least, uh, yeah. which was a frustrating thing with Suicide Squad. As you could see, there were six other movies trying to get out yeah, of it. And, yeah. and what you were watching was kind of a, a board table decision of people agreeing on the things they they sort of disliked the least to make the movie out of, which was yeah. just quite a, a frustrating to watch because we could have had possibly a very good movie out of that and um, just ended up with the yeah, era kind of um, decision by sort of voting system over different bits and pieces in it. And um, this one felt definitely a lot of a, of a stronger singular vision. And um, so it, it is one of those things where if people don't like it, at least what they're not liking is the intended film, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. It's one of those things, actually, whilst Suicide Squad was a problem, the fact that it exists and was received the way it was has probably been beneficial to DC overall because I think maybe it's made them not interfere as much as they were doing and I think the more recent movies they've kind of just I mean, look at things like Joker and and stuff like that, where they basically just handed the project over to somebody and say, you do what you want to do. It's, that, it's on your back, whether it lives or dies at this point. You know, so I, I think maybe the fact that Suicide Squad happened and was the failure that it was, I think possibly has been overall quite positive for DC because it make, makes them interfere less, I think. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see where it go. Yeah, you know, where the next few movies are. Yeah, but that because they give a lot it. more freedom to the directors doing the animated ones, and the animated ones are always mm. pretty much always overall exceedingly well received. Yeah. and um, a lot of people will kind of look at Suicide Squad, and then they'll look and say, "But we had Attack on Arkham. You can't do it." And then they'll look yeah. at Batman versus Superman, and they'll, and they'll look at uh, Dark Knight Returns Part One or Two, and go like, "But we saw you do it in animated form." And and the animated ones is where they're much less precious over things and give directors mm. a bit more freedom so maybe they're kind of slowly sort of coming around to the idea that maybe if you just hire directors that know what they're doing yeah um they will give you the the material that you want that gets the ratings and gets the love because the animated stuff's always so good which is one of the reasons watching the stuff at the cinema is always so frustrating yeah yeah no i know what you mean um and the the most success that they've had like i say recently with a dc movie i mean although joker is very much a different adaptation from any comic book we've ever seen that has probably been the most successful kind of quote comic book adaptation they've had most recently and, and they really did just leave him to go and get on with it so the same with things like wonder woman and that sort of stuff when they were a bit more hands-off things seemed to work a lot better so if anything if suicide squad taught them anything you know well it failed in its own right i think maybe it's that they need to be more hands-off with stuff so i overall that's probably a good thing i'm very excited to see what um gun comes up with with the new Suicide Squad movie because I think he's the perfect pick for doing that so uh, that should be really interesting when that comes around uh, yeah but- it'll be interesting to see how people kind of receive it because you're going to kind of look at like it's a massive challenge to sort of save the franchise or we're going to look at it as like well the bar's been set so low by the previous one that exactly I, I think it's going to cause a lot of mixed reception just for existing and I hope people will judge it based on what it actually is and not just on pure comparison to existing media so I think that's going to be yeah going to be an interesting one but yeah i would i would say to people that if you you know with birds of prey if you want something that's just kind of fun light-hearted silly um good action good practical effects um and aren't too fussed that it's quite different to the comic books then it, it is worth a watch um 
and yes, it had had. I like the the good effects and, and the practical stunts and stuff. I think that's a that's a nice thing to see in a in a in a world where a lot of stuff CGI. I do kind of sometimes enjoy, especially with something more slightly slapstick as the as the fighting in in Birds of Prey is. There's, there's a lot of mallets and uh, yeah. <laughs> and baseball bats and so forth and hyenas, um, and I think using a lot of practical effects there really helped sell. The, some of the comedy of those fights right, as yeah. well. That's good. That's good. Now, I I will go and watch it at some point. It is one that I've got to get round to. So, um, so yes, it's on my list of things to catch up with. I'm terrible at catching up on movies. Anything else? I've been sort of trying to sort out my VR setup again. I want to be playing more <laughs> VR. Now I've discovered Audica is a thing, which is, uh, for those people that know Beat Saber, which is yes. cutting blocks with lightsabers in time to the music. Yes. There's one called Audica that's guns. Yes, yes, I saw a little trailer of that. You put that on your stream. That's uh, that does look quite good fun. So uh, yes, apparently it's really difficult. I can imagine <laughs> it is. I mean, yes, you don't have to necessarily be that accurate with Beat Saber, whereas that I imagine, yeah, that that could be uh, quite a lot worse. So yeah, to get the high scores on Beat Saber, you do now have to be very accurate and oh, cut directly through the blocks. But the blocks are very close to you okay. when you're shooting things with guns. The guns are shooting things that are far away, so. Just, just from a sort of how your brain works perspective, um, mm. working out the angles and the timing and um, stuff to to destroy blocks very close to you is obviously easier than shooting very small moving targets that are far away from you. Uh, yeah, I, I need to play a bit more VR. I have a PSVR headset. Um, I haven't got it on for the for the PC, but I have the PSVR headset. And I need to play with that a little bit more because it's sat on a shelf gathering dust at the moment. So uh, I I need to play the PS a oh, lot more than I do anyway. But uh, but yes, so uh, that will be one I I. I, I do love Beat Saber though. It's fabulous fun. Yeah, Anything? it's a brilliant game, and it's sort of just it, I, its existence means that even if I didn't have um, a VR headset before it, I needed one after. Yes, it was created. It was just yeah. It, it is a it is an absolutely perfect game for me. Uh, so I want to be playing some more of that, and I keep seeing other people streaming it and going, "Ah, oh, God, I need to sort out the the few tech gremlins that are existing inside Skynet, my um my streaming rig, um yeah. to to get things working." perfectly so i can stream that as well um then everyone can laugh at me as i get ridiculously heated about any time i miss <laughs> a, a colored square in the middle of a pop tune you know <laughs> yes and, and there's a fair chance you may break something while you're there so you know it's always always worth watching for that <laughs> just just worth watching for that is that thank you that's a that's a glowing endorsement thank you very much <laughs> you're falling over something or you know tripping up when you've got the headset on that sort of stuff you know always worth watching for those things <laughs> and occasionally you know maybe if i fall over too badly maybe call a number to send help you know <laughs> yes. when you finish clipping it and having a good laugh yes when you've stopped laughing yes, yes. Uh, so i mean the the other thing of course that happened uh, last night because we're recording this on the monday the oscars went out last night and i'm not going to go through everything because that would take forever uh, but some interesting things that came out parasite which is the south korean movie did phenomenally well not only did it pick up best international feature film it's the first foreign language film to pick up best picture um so i mean that was beating a whole string of like really high profile things um it also picked up best original screenplay and best director for bong joon ho um there's a lovely beautiful little gif that's been doing around this morning rounds this morning of him just staring and giggling at his oscar on stage while the other guy's talking it's <laughs> absolutely adorable um so i I'm, I'm so happy for them because I mean the, it's just a phenomenal phenomenal success for, for them uh, so yeah that was Parasite uh, which is a South Korean film but uh, yeah it, it got a lot of love and picked up these huge huge awards so you know best director best picture best international film and original screenplay Joaquin Phoenix won for best actor which he's been doing all over the place so that was no great shock but uh, that was for Joker so it's you know DC winning another winning an Oscar for the comic book movie which is brilliant uh brad pitt picked a best supporting actor oscar for once upon a time in hollywood and i i think i've said before on this i have rather mixed feelings about that film um i it's one of those films that i enjoyed it 
but it doesn't really go anywhere until the last half an hour of it. So I'm kind of glad it didn't pick up awards for screenplay and that sort of stuff. But I thought Brad Pitt was excellent in it. I thought it was really good. First time he's won an Oscar for his acting, apparently. So uh, that's great, you know, good to pick that up. Um, Toy Story 4 won for Best Animated Feature. Um, Takita Wahiti won for Best Adapted Screenplay for Jojo Rabbit, which I will be seeing very soon. I haven't actually seen that yet, but everybody tells me that's brilliant. Uh, Biggest surprise of the night, Eminem randomly popping up out of nowhere to sing Lose Yourself, which is an 18-year-old song. (laughs) Just sort of randomly appeared out of the stage and did a performance, which was really interesting watching the audience reactions because some people very into it. Some people seemingly a little bit confused as to why he was there in the first place. I mean, it was great and he did a wonderful job and it was just a little bit weird um because it it wasn't connected to anything it wasn't like a 20th anniversary of him winning the oscar or because that's an oscar winning film um i I, yeah it was just entirely random just random m&m he just happened to be in the area and took a microphone and they thought why not i guess yeah it was really strange Uh, it was great to see him do do it and it was a lovely performance it was really good but yes just randomly popped up on stage so uh yes that was that was interesting uh yeah so i mean there was it was a it was a fairly fun night it was uh, you know, usual issues of car crashes in places but uh you know and jokes falling flat and that sort of stuff but uh yeah particularly i thought for parasite uh, just a phenomenal phenomenal success so uh so yeah uh, uh, that was the oscars um in terms of stuff i've been watching i finished treadstone which is this sort of spin-off from the jason bourne movies which is a series and it follows various different people who have been activated much like Jason Bourne and it's not clear why they've been activated they are in various sort of you know sleeper agents in various different lives uh, across the world and they've been activated to do various things that's the sort of background and premise of it and some of them are sort of waking up and they're supposed to basically wake up and do exactly what the mission tells them to do but there's a number of them that are waking up and are realising that they've been woken up and they're not really supposed to do that and they're kind of going against their programming so uh yeah it's it's a really interesting series a little bit confused in the way the plot all ties together i i think that could have been done a little bit better than it was but certainly if you're a jason bourne series and you like those sort of you know action run and gun kind of uh, tv shows it's it's a solid enough one i'm kind of really interested to see where they go with the second season of that um and if they can tighten the story writing up a bit because it was a little bit woolly in places but yeah overall worth watching that's on amazon prime if you want to go and see that uh, the other thing I watched was uh, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, which is a new Apple TV show. It has a kind of vibe of Silicon Valley to it. It's set in a games company and uh, Mythic Quest is sort of essentially it's World of Warcraft. It's a huge MMO, massively, massively popular. Inside the studio, you have the creative director who is the sort of visionary behind it, who has the an ego the size of a planet and is is just fairly obnoxious but hilariously funny you've got the coder who is a girl who is is responsible for all the coding in the game and he's basically the person behind the you know he's actually doing all the work and uh, the opening episode she's come up with this shovel to go in the game and that's all she wants just just a little bit that she can point to in the game and say that's mine i created this and he sees the shovel and goes an entirely different direction with it and wants to make all sorts of improvements to it and make it like gold-plated and stuff and uh, there's this sort of ongoing battle it's it's very silly uh it's really really funny though i thoroughly enjoyed it i will be going back i've only watched the first episode so far but i will be going to watch the rest of that but I've, if you like those sort of geeky comedies mythic quest raven's bank it's well worth going to watch i really really enjoyed the first episode of that particularly now silicon valley's finished i think that's one that i will definitely go and continue 
and Lock and Key, which finally landed on Netflix, which we talked a bit, a bit about this show before because it's been in development hell for about seven years in one form of, or another, and they've done pilots for it and then they've not gone anywhere. But this finally, there is a version of this. Uh, it's based on a comic book. Do you know the comic book for this? Uh, not especially well. It's one of those ones I've heard of, but I've not read. The basic premise for the show is uh, there is a family, the father dies in slightly kind of gruesome circumstances. The family move from their city apartment to the ancestral home, which is Lock House. Uh, it turns out that around Lock House, there are a bunch of keys which are hidden, and these keys basically have magical properties. So there is a key that can take you on various uh, different basically you stick it in a door and think about where you want to go and it will take you there um, there is uh, keys that will kind of let you enter your imagination and yeah they each do kind of a different thing that's the the premise of it um, and the children are the only ones that can remember using the keys so uh, the youngest child there's three kids the youngest child is the one that's finding the keys and then they're, they're sort of various different adventures as they find them I'm really quite enjoying it i mean it is a bit sort of teen dramery um but i think that's fine it's well put together uh i'm only a couple of episodes into it so far so i want to watch a bit more before i give a kind of proper judge judgment on it but i did sort of go straight from episode one to episode two so you know it, it's got some longevity to it i think and uh yeah I, I really like what they're doing with that it's an interesting concept and it's got sort of little bits of magic in there and and there's there's some interesting characters so uh yes want to go and watch the rest of i think and uh, the other thing is uh just wanted to mention uh, i'm on holiday for the next couple of weeks so there will be some stuff going out hopefully over the next couple of weeks because i will be doing stuff while i'm away but uh it means there won't be a regular show for the next two weeks we'll be back at the end of the month but uh the, just just so you're aware there will be no show for the next couple of weeks whilst i'm on holiday um it's but shocking uh, I know. shocking news what are we supposed to do <laughs> well well you are you're sunning yourself on a beach and we're sitting here not knowing what the latest news is well uh but you can you can always go and listen to your stream over on twitch <laughs> uh you can always go over to entertainment talk and entertainment talk will be putting out loads of podcasts as well um and there will be some behind the scenes stuff coming out over the next couple of weeks i think as well so uh, there will be stuff going out it just won't be the regular news show so um yes we'll be back at the end of the month um in two weeks that is all the stuff we've been doing Let's move on to some TV and film news. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we start off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. Uh, first cancellation is quite a big one. Ray Donovan has been cancelled by Showtime after seven seasons. And this is actually something which we're seeing a lot less of. Uh, shows that are, are deep into their run actually not getting finished off properly. Uh, but Showtime, you know, no, no kind of few episodes to end it off. No kind of, you know, TV movie or shortened eighth season. They've just cancelled it after seven seasons seasons and i haven't actually be i'm not actually up to date on ray donovan but apparently the uh last episode of the seventh season ended on a bit of a cliffhanger there were a number of cliffhangers to clean up um so yeah that really rather sucks if you're a fan of that show um i mean as i say we're, we're seeing a lot less of this at this point they've got much better at, at sort of making sure that they wrap things up or at least give them time to wrap things up so uh, i was quite surprised when they said they weren't going to do any of that um yeah any show that has big ongoing storylines um even if you want to cancel it you kind of need to give some of those viewers closure or when you start another big long show they're going to be suspicious that you might just can that yeah 
without ending it as well. It's I understand that they don't want to make more seasons of a certain thing, especially if the ratings are dropping. But yeah, they do just just like a two episode part with a bit of a flash forward where you mm. um, just give people just a little a little bit of closure and some idea of where those storylines would have gone. Um, yeah, really helps keep sort of loyalty from the viewers for your future projects and it's one of those things that's usually worth the investment to to do so um in the past we've had things where they've been cancelled suddenly then turn into comic books yeah. and that's something we don't see quite as much nowadays as well so mm. yeah they do kind of need to to give that closure on screen yeah i mean we've had a few shows that maybe have got to two or three seasons and then they've been dropped but i mean seven seasons in and then to mm. cancel something is is that harsh um you know and and to not either have gone to them beforehand and said this might be your final season can you know make sure you get to a point where you could wrap it or to not give them like a, a TV movie to finish it off. It's it's really odd. It's a very odd decision by Showtime that. Um, so yeah, I, I feel really sorry for people that, I mean, I, I did watch the first few seasons of Ray Donovan. I haven't watched the last couple of them uh, just because other things have got in the way, but it was an excellent, excellent show. And uh, but I, yeah, I'm kind of annoyed at Showtime that they haven't actually finished that in a sensible way because it's a really crappy way to, treat fans that have been watching for seven seasons over on the bbc they've renewed silent witness for the 24th and 25th season they've announced so if you're a silent witness fan you've got a lot for silent witness coming for at least the next two years so that's something to look out for uh, also on the bbc top gear is apparently moving from bbc2 to bbc1 it was the highest rated show of 2019 on bbc2 and uh, they've they've now decided that they're going to move it over to the bbc1 for the first time so this new presenter lineup apparently is doing quite well I, again i haven't actually watched any of these recent season i keep on meaning to go to it and then other things get in the way but uh, i'm very glad that it's it all worked out because it went through a bit of a rough patch with the changing of all the presenters and stuff but the 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 current presenting lineup the three guys seem to have uh, done a reasonable job with it and they you know they they connecting well with audiences so uh, i'm very happy that they've they're kind of coming together for that and that's moving to bbc one all four has added seinfeld to uh, their lineup so if you're a fan of seinfeld and want to go back and watch those comedies they are adding i think the first three seasons are now on there and then they're adding one season i think it's a week or every yeah i think every week they're adding another season on so um if you want to go and binge your way through seinfeld it's now on all four uh, seinfeld is that one you ever watched uh it was never one i was massively invested in no but it's it's just it is a it's funny not comedy. got a spaceship in it <laughs> that is true <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it is. It is a very funny comedy, though. It's well worth going to watch. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's all on all four or coming all on to all four. I think, as I say, I think the first three seasons are on there now, but uh, you can go and watch that. Just announced today, uh, Power, which is the 50 Cent exec produced series. They're getting three more spinoffs, um, but uh, Power aired on Netflix in the UK. The There are actually four spinoffs in total now. Uh, all four spinoffs are coming to stars play in the uk and globally uh stars have decided to keep the spin-offs from themselves and not sell them to netflix so if you're a fan of power on netflix all the spin-offs are not going to be on there they're going to be on stars play uh at stars play you can either get through amazon or you can get it directly as an app separately it's five and four ninety nine a month i think so it's it's five pound a month and you can turn it on and off as you want uh but uh yeah so if you're a fan of power you're gonna have to get stars play to watch those and uh hulu released a trailer for i love this description a sci-fi hip-hop musical drama called utopia falls um which sounds utterly ridiculous um but essentially i mean i would describe it looking at the trailer it's basically what if you set footloose in a sci-fi future that that's pretty much the idea behind it so it's 24 teenage candidates are chosen to take part in an annual music competition known as the the exemplar uh, for all of them it's a chance to write their name in the history books but for a liar who's the independent adventure daughter of the city government official it's the beginning of an incredible 
incredible adventure through the discovery of a mysterious archive she is exposed to hip-hop, an ancient form of music culture that will lead her to question everything she has ever known and change her world forever. So it's basically hip-hop is the band music in this particular scenario and they're in a kind of sci-fi sh- future. So um, hip-hop with spaceships. There you go. How about that? I'm sold. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a massive fan of musicals, but like if you've seen the trailer for this, you, you, you have to... We, everyone's going to watch the first episode because we just have to know if yes. that works or not. It's yeah. like they literally pulled some things out of a hat. Yeah, and went, Right, make a show with those things. And um, yeah, especially with the, 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 the showrunners involved being from you know, very yeah. famous science fiction shows. Uh, I'm just like, okay. So they did finish with the sort of like far more serious things like Stargate and things. And uh, now they, they, they want to do hip hop in space. I, I, I need to see if that works or not. Morbid curiosity, if nothing else, is yes. enough for me to want to watch a few episodes of that. But I think the idea is quite cool. I think we've had a lot of very, very dark, gritty sci-fi, which obviously I love, but um, I think there's there's space for something a little bit off, more left field and off the wall with a with a sense of humour. Yes, yeah, no, and uh, I think it will have a bit of a sense of humour for for it. The showrunner for it is Joseph Malozzi, who is the man that was behind Dark Matter and was involved in the Stargate franchise as well. Uh, we've actually interviewed him previously on the podcast uh, about Dark Matter, but uh, he's a great guy and he's got wonderful sense of humour. So I I think that uh, this this could. Be be quite an interesting one for him to get hold of. It's created by writer-director R.T. Thorne who's worked on uh, things like Blind Spot and Find Me in Paris. Boy Ida, who is the producer of Drake, Rihanna, Eminem, Jay-Z, Nicki Minaj, a whole bunch of other people. Uh, he's executive music producer on it as well. And uh, they've got uh, Tashina Scott who is the three times MTV VMA nominated choreographer who's working on the choreography for it as well. So, I mean, it's got some decent high talented people behind it um it's just such a weird concept for a show but yes i do want to see it the moment there's no uk broadcaster for it yet it is a hulu series uh it's if you're in america it's uh february 14th it launches on hulu so you can watch it on there uh hopefully somebody will pick it up over here it's kind of got e4 written all over it this but it uh, really has so uh we'll we'll have to see if they pick it up but um yeah it's fascinating and uh, i do want to see what it's like and whether it actually you know i want to see reviews for it as well and see what people think of it but uh, i love the idea of it and i i love it's the people good. and it's it. not the first time music and science fiction have been brought together i mean we have the entire macross series that's been going on in japan since the 80s and they tend to win or lose wars by the power of music in a joint science fiction space opera world there you um, go it's 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 a it's a much more serious take on on that concept um but there is there is a precedent to say that you you can do science fiction with music um so why not with hip hop i mean i'm i'm generally a fan of a lot of the artists mentioned so yeah. if we're going to have music of that caliber and choreography of that caliber then yeah i i i think they may now just have swayed me in the direction of uh, of watching musicals yeah absolutely um i don't really know many of the cast by name uh one person that they have roped in to do it and i think this is utter genius uh the the archive where they find all this hip-hop music the voice of the archive is snoop dogg <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. See, you should have led with that. that that's just genius, I was pretty it? sold, you know, just before that. But yeah, now nah, you just lead, lead with that. Snoop Dogg is the voice of, of the archive bringing hip hop to the sci-fi future. Yes. Um, that, that That's a pitch that it just works. Yeah. It shouldn't work, but it does. And therefore we shall watch it. So yeah, if anyone from uh, Netflix or E4 or anywhere like that is, is listening to this podcast, please bring this show over for us. Yes. We, we need to see this. We really do. Um, yeah. I, either Netflix or E4, I think really uh, that deserves to be on one of those. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see where it pops up over here. But uh, 
yeah, it's called Utopia Falls. So I'm very interested to see that. Moving over onto the CW and the Arrowverse, they have announced some new casting for the Superman and Lois series, which is one of the new shows that is joining the Arrowverse. Obviously, it's got uh, the uh, um, Superman and Lois in it. They're the, the leaders of it. But uh, they've announced a couple of young members that are joining the cast. Now, the next little bit is a little bit spoilery for the Crisis episodes. Not majorly spoilery, um, but but there, it, to explain who the who these characters are, he's going to give a little bit away about Crisis. It doesn't give away much, but just so you warned, uh, if you're waiting for the Crisis episodes to air. So um, if you remember when we saw Lois and Clark last time, they'd just taken a sabbatical from Earth to go to Argo City and they were living on Argo City and basically left Kara in charge of taking care of the Earth. Um, it was also revealed at that time that Lois was pregnant. Um, by the time we get to the crisis, Lois has given birth to a little boy called John. So far, so comic book. That's the situation that it is basically Standard. in the comic book. Yeah. Um, after the events of Crisis, uh, Crisis obviously I won't go into any detail about what happens, but it does rather mess with the timelines. As we come to this show, it appears that they have not only have one boy, they have two. Um, believed to, they're either brothers or twins, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I think they're twins. And uh, they, they've got two kids, one's called Jonathan and one's called Jordan. Um, Jordan appears to be an invention entirely from the Arrowverse and entirely for this show. So, because uh, as far, I, I don't remember too Superman ever having two kids in the book? I, I think I, I don't think so. Superman is not one of the ones I follow that I, hugely closely. But we've had so many things where there've been entire alternate timelines yeah, and retcons. Yeah. I mean, there was a brief period where Superman was bright blue and looked like he was made of ice. So, yes, yes, um, I remember it, that well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it did not go well. No, um, he they immediately retconned that after so many comic books and just went ah, just reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, I, and they do like in in the CW world. They they do like just inventing yeah. new characters. Um, so yeah, I, I think they've probably invented this one. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure uh, Jordan is an invention entirely for the uh, for the. TV mm. show. So um, the, confusingly, the person that's playing Jonathan is called Jordan. Uh, is Jordan Alas, who is playing Jonathan uh, described as a clean-cut, modest, kind-hearted kid with an hour-shucks attitude that somehow doesn't seem dated. Alexander Garfin is playing Jordan, who is the brother. He's wildly intelligent, but a mercurial temperament and social anxiety limits his interactions with people, and consequently Jordan prefers to spend most of his free time alone playing video games. It sounds like neither of the kids know of their father's superpowers, and they're obviously not manifesting them themselves at the moment. I think they're supposed to be around 13, 14 years old. That's quite unusual because usually stuff with the Superman timeline, especially the, the powers are there from birth. Yeah. Um, and there's always been kind of discussions with how would it would be safe even for Lois to give birth to a half Kryptonian baby. Yeah. Um, because they are born with the ability to punch a car. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of interesting because that's uh, usually the idea of powers manifesting in teenage years is uh, very much a Marvel thing. Yeah. I'm so trying to think of many DC characters that were born with powers that didn't get them until they hit teenage. And no. off the top of my head, there's not a long list. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one. It's, it's a little bit vague in terms of the descriptions. We've got those character descriptions, but... There is a, a, and I admit, I don't know how accurate this is, but it's somebody claiming that they've got sort of the script uh, or, you know, the, the sort of notes from the script, which basically gives some of the other characters away for this TV show. And uh, the the setup appears to be that Lois is still a Daily Planet reporter, but Clark has been laid off during cutbacks at the paper. Jonathan Kent, Clark's father, has died, but Martha is still around and living on the Kent farm. Um, the teen kids, John and Jordan, who are supposed to be 13 years old, they don't know their father is Superman, but may or may not have inherited his powers. So it could be a case of they do have powers, but have been hiding them from their dad that's the other possibility is maybe yeah, that's possible because obviously the powers are activated by the sun so unless their children have been living in a cave yeah, yeah. <laughs> theoretically they should be aware that they have you know additional strength or something 
think. Yeah, although, I mean, if they're half human, maybe you could argue that they don't get their powers until later, possibly. But um, yeah. so I, I don't know. We'll I have to do some deep diving in the comic books to find out the no doubt many contradictory explanations that could be possible things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I say, in the comic books, there is a version of John. He's in, in the current comic book timeline. It, for most of that run, he's been ten year, around 10 years old um, until the recent Unity Saga comic line, which actually aged him up to 17 for reasons. Uh, but, uh, mm. but yes. He has his power since, yeah. since birth, right? I think so, yes. Or well, certainly since quite a young age. He definitely has his powers at 10. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know either of the kids particularly. Uh, one of them, uh, Elias, has been in uh, Hulu series Little Fires Everywhere, opposite Ruth with the Spoon and Kerry Washington. Garfin, probably best known for uh, voicing Linus in the Peanuts movie, apparently. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know either of either of them as actors, but um, they certainly have the right look for it. I mean, they've they've done pretty well in picking the look for it. Other characters that are supposed to be showing up in this series. Uh, General Sam Lane, so that's uh, Lois Lane's dad. He's supposed to be showing up. Uh, Lana Lang is apparently also making appearance in this series, and we haven't, don't think we've seen Lana Lang in the Arrowverse yet. Uh, she, in this version, she's she's working as a banker and married to a firefighter called Kyle Cushing. They have two daughters, a fourteen-year-old called Sarah and an eight-year-old called Sophie. Kyle is a drunk, and Sarah tried to take her life a year ago. So, I mean, that's quite dark. And uh, the villain from the opening episode is apparently known as the Stranger, but his real identity is revealed at the end of the opening episode. Yeah, I mean, there's the, you've got sort of alcoholism and teen suicide in there which is a, a really dark turn for a I mean I know some of the Arrowverse can get a little bit dark but that seems extremely dark for a Superman series it seems quite dark for an opening episode anyway yeah so I mean yeah, I know you want to give the adventures to. of Lois and Clark is it no no so um, I mean I know you want to give texture to characters but that seems incredibly dark so um, yeah I mean obviously the, the leads are Tyler Hoechlin and uh, Elizabeth Tullock they're both back as Lois and Clark it comes from the Flash EP Todd Helbing and the Arrowverse boss Greg Belanti, there are the uh, the main people behind it. It's an interesting one. I I'm, I mean, it, it, they've already picked it up to go straight to series, so it is definitely coming. It, it will be part of the Arrowverse either in September or it'll come in mid season next year. We don't know exactly when. Uh, technically, no UK broadcaster at the moment, but cross your fingers and pray that Sky One are actually get their act together and are quicker off the mark than they were with Batwoman so uh, <laughs> it ends up on Sky One and not some random channel uh, but we'll have to wait and see yeah obviously it'll be on the CW in the US it's an interesting one that we'll watch with great interest and see where it goes next we have a story which I put in purely for you Tom, <laughs> Tom Hiddleston is set as the lead for a Netflix British political thriller White Stork this may be something that gets you to watch something without a, a, a spaceship in it maybe so, so um, trading magical mischief for political mischief uh, he's, he's starring in something called White Stork it's from Eleven the people behind Sex Education um it sees him as James Cooper, who is selected to run for a seat in Parliament. When Asha Millen is sent to vet him for prime time, she quickly discovers a potentially damaging secret buried deep in James's past. Secret that will threaten to blow everything apart, his career, his marriage, even the powerful people backing his campaign. So, I mean, it sounds pretty much like a political drama uh, you know general description most of that really uh, it's a 10 episode series it's written by Chris Dunlop who wrote Deep State and Jericho with uh, Christopher Nylum who worked on Taboo and the Enfield Haunting he's set to direct uh, and uh, Eleven have produced a whole bunch of things including the Enfield Haunting Sex Education uh, E4's Gap Year as well so a decent team behind it one that you may look at maybe possibly even just to gaze <laughs> lovingly Possibly. I mean, it may help sort of bridge the gap until the Loki series yes. is is broadcast um, on Disney Plus, which is next year. They're making me wait until next year. I know. And just had that tiny bit of a teaser on the end of the Disney Bus trailer, um, which yes. was immediately sound clipped for an alert. Yes. And, um, it's a little bit outside of the sort of thing I normally watch. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I always joke I only watch things in spaceships, and that's obviously not really the case. But I don't tend to go for the political dramas. But 
there's a lot of very, very sort of prestigious names and yeah. people with, with a good track record for making things. And I think with stuff like political dramas, it has to be exceedingly well written and well acted um, if it's going to draw me in. And um, yeah, maybe I'm slightly more likely to watch the first episode just based on the, the casting co- co- coincidence. Um, complete yes. coincidence. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, yes, complete coincidence, I'm sure. Um, I think this is the first time he's come back to do a TV show since The Night Manager, which was a phenomenal series. So, um, mm, And you, one I haven't actually watched. Uh, really? Really? You should go yeah. and watch that. It is very, Everyone very good. Everyone said that was really, really good. Yeah, it is a really, really good. I mean, it is outside of your genre, but it is a really good series. And if nothing else, you can sit and stare at Tom Hiddleston for the entire six episodes or whatever it was. <laughs> um, so uh, moving on, we Netflix have got another live action manga thing coming, um, which I, I know have had a bit of a mixed response when they've done this before. This one is uh, called... <laughs> That's a very polite way of putting it. <laughs> yes. Uh, this one is based on the best-selling manga series One Piece. Do you know this? I mean, you know I, I know nothing about manga, so uh, you will have to help out with this, I think. One Piece is epic. One Piece is huge. So according to the internet, uh, number of episodes for One Piece, I was going to guess at sort of three, four hundred. I knew it was an absolute ton. Uh, 576 That's episodes. Yeah. And I was going to guess at about a hundred volumes of manga. It's 95 collected volumes. So <laughs> thick book level volumes, yeah, yeah, not yeah. individual comic book volumes. So... Yeah, when I heard they were going to make a 10 episode series, part of me was like, and how are you are, yeah. are you going to just do one small tiny story arc? Because you could introduce some of the main characters in 10 episodes if they're trying to condense even one series. Based, some of the series have over 100 episodes. These are, yeah, you yeah. know, this is like for anyone that knows sort of like a little bit about anime and manga, sort of think about sort of Dragon Ball Z and, and things like that. Right. One Piece is one of those ones where there is just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories. So I have no idea how they're going to decide what to put into 10 episodes. Um, as you said, there is a, a, a mixed history of um, <laughs> manga and anime yes. being adapted especially on Netflix in particular. I'm not I'm not going to judge it just based off the fact that I think they've taken on a phenomenally near impossible task here because they might have a a really good road into the way they want to do it. Maybe mm. they've written a completely unique story based in that world using some of those characters to make it a 10 episode arc. Um, or maybe they've picked a, a small arc to, to do. But yeah, I, I did kind of see that news and kind of go, how? How would you do that? <laughs> um, it's insane. It's incredibly popular. It's incredibly beloved. Um, a lot of eyes are going to be looking at that sort of going, you know, because you can imagine, you know, nearly 600 episodes. People have been watching this for a very long time. Yeah. And um, they're going to be, I think, quite critical of something that precious and that long-standing being adapted into ten episodes. Um, so I think it's a it's a wait and see. Um, I would like to see it done well. I would like to see more of these adaptations being the ones that are good rather than the ones that just catch fire spontaneously, combust and take everyone with them, um, which has happened on a few occasions. But that's that's not an easy one to pick. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, 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 the press release from Netflix doesn't give you an awful lot either. I mean, in terms of One Piece, all it says about the show is it's an pirate adventure story. That's it. That's, that's all the press release tells you. <laughs> well, so, yes, that is technically true for 576 episodes. <laughs> yes, I mean, so uh, I, it, it says that says that it's uh, Tomorrow Studios are the people that are doing it. Who I believe have worked on Cowboy Bebop, Snowpiercer, and Hannah. So they're the people that are, are working on it with the guys that created the comic books. The uh, original author of the comic book is also an exec producer as well. But yeah, so I mean, it's something to do with pirates. That's pretty much all I can tell you about it. It is. It is. It's one of those series where um, any anywhere you go that is connected to these kind of fandoms you will see stuff for one piece you will see cosplayers you will see statues right. you will see you will see books you will see dvds um, i don't think there was a single shop i went to out in tokyo that sold statues and collectibles that didn't have an entire case dedicated to one piece <laughs> right jeez <laughs> so that there's a there's a lot of material for them to choose from it's been going for a very long time and uh, also in the notes it, it says uh, 460 million 
copies sold, which I can completely believe. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and I, I guess a possible very large target audience for this, but also probably quite a protective and, and critical audience as well. Yeah, it seems like a dangerous thing to take on, given what they've the reception they've had from some of the previous live action manga things. But uh, yeah, well, well, we'll see. Maybe we'll see. this will be the the one to turn it round. I mean, there was a, a for for various faults that it did have things like Alita Battle Angel also yes. had some some wonderful moments and um was a lot more in the spirit of the of the original material and did very well because of that um so yeah maybe maybe this will be the <laughs> series to to make this concept work maybe maybe we'll have to wait and see there's no data or anything on that so we don't know when it's going to land i suspect it won't be this year i suspect it will be at least next year before we see anything um yeah it's only they've just got the a lot of manga to read before they decide <laughs> yeah. what plot line they're doing so i think we should give them some time <laughs> yes yes we'll we'll let them let them work on that and get back to us um moving over on to disney there was an investor call last week or an earnings call last week which is when the uh, disney ceo bob Iger gets onto the phone with a a bunch of people and says you know this is what the money we've made this is what's making money this is uh, and these are the things that are kind of coming up so you get some idea of when things are going to land and stuff as well so there was a few bits of information that came out of that we've got some vague premiere dates for the first three marvel shows uh, as well as the mandalorian season two so falcon winter soldier is coming in august 2020 one division coming december 2020 loki coming 2021 at some point we don't know when yet uh, and the mandalorian season two is premiering in between all that in October 2020. So there's all that stuff to look at. Disney Plus, of course, is launching on the 24th of March in the UK. So uh, this is all kind of relevant to the UK now because it's all after it's launched over here. He also went on to say with The Mandalorian, they're talking about infusing um, some of The Mandalorian with more characters and possibly creating spin-off series from that as well. Whether that's going to be people we already know, whether that's going to be some of the characters that are already been on the show whether it's going to be new people specifically designed to use you know to be introduced to be used as a platform to spin off into something else maybe um, don't know but uh yeah i mean they're, they're clearly they're very happy with how well the mandalorian went down so you know that's good we also know that they uh they have two more star wars series in development at the moment there's a Cassin andor series which is based around the road one character played by diego luna and there's the obi-wan series which is still coming as we've mentioned a few weeks ago it's slightly delayed in terms of the production but not in terms of the release date so uh they've, they're making some alterations to the script but it is still coming and they they've said they've not changed the release date we'll, we'll have to see whether they come up with uh with any more i doubt we'll see baby yoda getting his own kind of spin-off series uh, as adorable as he is but i don't know uh, the muppet babies did quite well if they if they actually true. just want if they just want a license to print money uh, a baby yoda puppet based series i think would be a yes would be yeah, a maybe. very sensible decision um based on how one frame of showing it at the end of the first episode caused probably the largest amount of fan-made art merchandise plushies and things i've ever seen created in a 24-hour period yes i did see a headline this morning that said baby yoda has become the biggest selling funko pop ever and it's not even released yet so given how how popular funko pops are it's the biggest selling funko pop figure ever just on the pre-orders alone mm. which is insane they uh, could probably stop all other lines and just make baby yodas from this point on yes yes and then just make baby yoda in a slightly different costume and they yeah. would be rich and just make bank for life uh, yeah it, it's insane how popular that character has become yeah so uh, all, yeah. all other future star wars movies are now cancelled in favor of just one still shot of baby yoda for two hours <laughs> released in a cinema screen and then the opportunity to buy some plushies yes absolutely i mean i joke but that would probably work it would yes it's crazy so over on the marble side uh there was an interesting little thing which he mentioned which he says there are seven other marvel series at various stages of development or pre-production alongside the three that we mentioned earlier so we know what some of these are because they've got the animated series what if which is a sort of alternate history of the avengers and stuff uh there is a live actual moon knight series she hulk hawkeye 
and Miss Marvel. But that still leaves two more shows unaccounted for. So we don't know what those extra two shows are. And I mean, it could be anything at this point. I mean, they've got the Avengers, they've got um, Marvel characters, they have control of the X-Men. I mean, I would love to see something like a Fantastic Four TV show because they've tried a few times to get that to work on the big screen. I was going to say, really? You want people to have another go at putting the Fantastic Four on any kind of screen? Yeah, but a TV show version, I think, could work quite well. It's the type of. It was the least interesting cartoon in the Marvel Action Hour. Yeah. <laughs> back in the, the, the late 80s early 90s I don't know why but for some reason the Fantastic Four never seemed to really work that well I, I, I no I'm, I'm going to disagree strongly <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I rather I, I think if you're going to make that work I think it's one of those things that could work in a serialised format better though yeah I think it works better as a series than it does in a movie especially since every time they do a movie they sort of seem to run out of steam by the time they introduce the main bad guy at the end mm. and because they have to have that format of giant bad guy and you can't run out of budget and just make the bad guy made of smoke um, so maybe in a in a TV show format they could use a lot more of the interpersonal relationships and make something that was a lot more relatable it's just one of those series that I've just never particularly enjoyed uh, it made me think oh being able to to become on fire and fly would be cool but that's kind of about it I think looking more um, partly because of my own personal bias into the X-Men universe right, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot more of the smaller teams and yeah. the 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 sub comics and things things like you know like Generation X yeah that could be really good like the story of M House of M storylines those mm. are really epic but work much better in a serialized format than would work as a movie loads of things like that or even something like um, an X twenty three series those yeah. comic books did very well and um, obviously you could separate it from the movie by aging her back up to teenage as she is in the the comic book she's a teenager and doing a series based on her could work really well as well mm. um so i think there's there's lots of stuff out there so it will be interesting to see what those other ones are because they've they've chosen quite an interesting and broad range for the ones that they've already announced yeah i mean that that's the thing i mean um, there's 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 a say miss marvel there's hawkeye uh she hulk moon knight as well as the ones that the other ones that they've already announced which are the sort of more main marvel things i don't know i kind of think they maybe would stay away from x-men until they've launched something of the x-men you know relaunch that on the big screen maybe i'm not sure whether they do a tv show of that before a film introducing We've got various other tv shows that are um yeah completely separate and i think you know it doesn't have to be any of the cast that are in the x-men movies or connected well, no, to no it. it's not it's not going to be i mean it will be an entirely new cast when yeah. uh, when it launches uh but what i mean is i can't see disney launching any new x-men stuff before they've launched it on the big screen yeah i think they're, they're probably going to want to launch go you know go here are our x-men and then do TV spin-offs from that with some of the other X-Men characters. I, I think it's more likely they're going to do it that way around. Uh, I mean, I could be entirely wrong. I just think seeing one of the X-Men in the MCU on the TV show before they've appeared, introduced onto the into the MCU in the films would seem a little bit of an odd way around to do it. But yeah, So basically I'll have to wait is what you're going to say. Yes, <laughs> I, I would think so, but we'll we'll have to wait and see. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's uh, I, I, anything that means more Marvel TV shows I'm more for. So, you know, and yeah. it's all part I'm, of a connected I'm hoping universe. They'll be, I'm hoping that they'll do some which are unconnected to the connected universe as well so we can do some of the things that are alternative timeline things or separate timelines well, and yes, yes. separate stories as well and uh, they've done incredibly well with the MCU at making the huge inter interconnected shows but um, I would like a few things that were at least looser connected in the way sort of the Deadpool movies are obviously very yeah. loosely connected and yeah maybe it, it, it would be nice to just see some small series or anthology series or short series exploring some other things which are never going to be used on the big screen mm. but we shall see yeah I, I'm very interested to see how they fold Deadpool because Deadpool is the one thing that will survive from the Fox era of the X-Men um, so <laughs> of I, course, otherwise there'd be riots yeah <laughs> uh, that it has to be the one thing that survives so I'm sort of very interested to see how they're going to end up folding that in because if you're folding that in, you've got people like you know Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead 
who were also connected into the X-Men side of things. So I, I don't know. That's going to be quite interesting to see how they pull all that together. But yeah. um, if they're doing some things around X-Force, yeah. that gives them a lot of freedom because a lot of the people in, in Deadpool are obviously characters that are predominantly known for or, or ended up being in X-Force. Yeah. So... I think that um, gives them some leeway to make adjacent storylines. And because it's Deadpool, I think it's very easy to, for Deadpool to kind of show up in a movie and go, hey, did you see I saved the world? And then just to be like, no, we, we just don't pay attention to your social media. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it's um, it gets to a point where the world is so busy and everyone's saving the world every week or something like that, that you can kind of assume that they probably aren't paying attention to Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that could always work quite well as a gag, yeah. which is one of the things that, that Deadpool does best anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm really intrigued to see how they fold all that in and who they cast as the, the X-Men is going to be interesting as well. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, we as I say, all we know at the moment is he said there are seven shows and we know some of them, but we don't know what two of them are. So uh, they could be anything at this point. We just don't know. That's stuff to look out for on the uh, Disney Plus channel. The uh, Disney Plus launches on, as I said, the 24th of March in the UK. It'll be five ninety nine a month uh, or fifty nine ninety nine annually if you want to go and get that. That's all the news for this week. Now we've got some highlights for the next few weeks on TV. As I said, I am away on holiday for a few weeks, so I'm going to do the next few weeks highlights on TV because there is quite a lot of uh, interesting stuff coming back throughout the rest of February. Uh, Starting off with Narcos, Narcos Mexico Season 2, that is uh, coming back on the 13th of February. That's been a brilliant series. The original Narcos was a great series. The the follow-up Narcos Mexico Season 1 of that was a great series as well, so I'm really happy to see that back. That starts on the 13th of February. Uh, Hunted, the uh, reality show on uh, channel 4 that returns um, that's quite a fun series as well that's on the 13th of February at 9pm a season 2 of Castle Rock lands on Stars Play that's on the 13th of February as well and uh, Homeland returns for its 8th and final season that's on channel 4 on the 16th of February at 9pm um, I'm very much looking forward to that and seeing how they end that series uh, John Oliver is back with Last Week Tonight that's on the 17th of February at 10pm that's on Sky Comedy it's moved from Sky Atlantic to Sky Comedy as they've moved a number of things across but uh, that will will be back on the 17th of February Outlander Season 5 that is back on the 17th of February to Amazon Prime uh, I do love that show no spaceships but time travelling so you know may, maybe that's one worth looking at maybe and there's, maybe. there's lots of sword <laughs> there's lots of sword fights in it that's true I do like sword fights so yes there are lots of sword fights and stuff in that but, uh, but yeah that's well worth watching that's Season 5 of that on the 17th of February on Amazon Prime then we have a couple of comedies coming to E4 Man With A Plan which is Matt LeBlanc's comedy that is arriving on the 17th of February at 7.30 then on the 19th of February we have The Goldberg Season 7 airing on E4 and that's followed by Schooled Season 2 that's coming to E4 on the 19th of February at 8.30 straight after it over on Amazon Prime again we have Hunters which is this new series executive produced by Jordan Peele stars Al Pacino and follows a diverse band of Nazi hunters living in 1977 New York City. It sounds fascinating. There are little trailers up for it if you want to go and check the website. That's Hunters Season 1. That's on Amazon Prime on the 21st of February for that. Then we have Intelligence, which is the new GCHQ workplace comedy starring David Schwimmer. That's coming to Sky One on the 21st of February at 9pm. Then uh, Walking Dead, 24th of February at 9pm. That returns to the second half of season 10 um, that's been really really solid this season I've been thoroughly enjoying that so that's back uh, we will be also be back on Entertainment Talk covering that along with Better Call Soul season 5 which starts on the 24th of February on Netflix as well and that's back with uh, two episodes that's back to back one on the 24th and one on the 25th season 5 and season 6 will be the final season of that so worth watching then uh, over on Sci-Fi UK we've got the Twilight Zone that's starting on the 25th of February 
February at uh, 2 a.m. They're premiering that with a, a repeat at 9 p.m. This is the rebooted version of The Twilight Zone from Jordan Peele. But I'm looking forward to this. It's had a bit of a mixed reaction, I think, in the US, but I am quite looking forward to watching that. That that seems up your street, that one. Yeah, possibly. Um, Twilight Zone was one of those things I remember watching as a kid and it was just kind of intriguing and bizarre and you never entirely knew what you were going to get. So, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how that works now. Yes, I'm, I'm intrigued to see uh, what they do with it. But uh, So that's coming on the 25th of February at 2am. Then we've got uh, Strike Back, the eighth and final season of that, 25th of February at 9pm on Sky One. I am not okay with this. That's coming to Netflix on the 26th of February. This is another comic book adaptation. It looks wonderfully strange and weird. It's an adaptation of Charles Fulsman's comic book by Jonathan Entwistle, who is the man behind End of the Effing World. And Sean Levy is also a producer who was a producer on uh, Stranger Things. There's a, a lovely little trailer for that, which doesn't give anything away. It's basically, it's just painfully slow, but looks like it could be weird and strange, a bit like the end of the world was. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see on that. Uh, the Gulf, which is a new high-end thriller that's coming to Alibi on the 26th of February. Then Altered Carbon Season 2, that returns to Netflix for the 27th of February. I know this is one you're a fan of. Yes, I'm just doing a happy dance right now. You can't <laughs> see it, but I am doing a happy dance. Uh, I, I'm just hoping the main thing for me is that there's more of the hotel in Altered Carbon. If anyone who hasn't seen Altered Carbon Season 1, the, the hotel is my favourite character. That will make sense when you've seen it. Yes. Um, um, and I'm yeah, I'm desperately hoping that that yeah, the hotel is featured more because it was so wonderfully realised. Yes, I don't know whether how much of it we're seeing, but the hotel is back. So definitely back. I don't know how much we'll see of it, but uh, it is back. And uh, lastly, we have Carter, season two of the Jerry O'Connell series that returns on the 27th of February at 9pm on Alibi, if you want to go watch that. So, uh, yeah, that's everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. Uh, Just that I don't think you should be allowed to go on holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as I said, I am going on holiday. Uh, I will be back on the 2nd of March will be the next show that we're back live for. There will be stuff going out in between. There will be Entertainment Talk podcasts going out over on entertainmenttalk.org, including one that you're traitorously appearing on, apparently. I'm just really forward. Yes, I was definitely not replying to an email just confirming I'd be on that tomorrow during this podcast. So which show, I'm fired, aren't I? You are. Which show are you doing from that? I will be appearing on TV Talk, talking about some of my favourite TV shows, and I may have snuck some sci-fi in there. <laughs> well, I would imagine you would have done, given that it's you and you don't yes, watch well, anything unless it's got a spaceship. Well, I was going to say there's one that's not. It hasn't got a spaceship in it. I will be talking about Russian Doll. Um, ah, okay. As one of as one of my picks for 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 this edition. Um, it, it's it's like like it's kind of not sci-fi, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, it is sort of Points sci-fi fantasy. Effort. Yeah, sci-fi-ish fantasy. So uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. If you want to catch things for the next couple of weeks, uh, pop over onto entertainmenttalk.org, and uh, they've got lots of shows going on over there, including one that the Traitor Bex is going to be appearing on. Uh, so so, uh, <laughs> uh, so if they want to find more about you directly where can they go well traitors like me can be found over on facebook twitter and instagram as trista bites spelt b-y-t-e-s because i thought i was funny and would make a name that included a audio-based pun then go on a lot of podcasts and have to explain how to spell it yes. i can also be found with four years of content over on youtube as trista bites which includes comic book interviews and computer game interviews with indie games and comic book creators and i also am have a Twitch channel as well now where you can join me playing games, reliving old nostalgic gaming comic book and movie memories. Uh, we spent one just mostly watching lots of um, adverts and, and yes. things from the 80s at one point. We go off on some interesting tangents. Uh, there is a lot of nostalgia and a lot of geek chatter. Massive conversation about how we didn't like um, Dreamcast and PageMaker um, took about half an hour of yes. last night. But we'll, we'll be doing a lot of Diablo 3 playing as well and lots of other retro and indie games. Yes, yes. Worth going to uh, watch things fall apart around Bex while she's doing that stream it's hilariously funny um, so uh, go and check Bex out on her Twitch stream for us obviously you can still get news they, while I'm away on holiday there will still be news going up on the website uh, so that is at geektown.co.uk 
you can find all the latest air date information up there that is all still going to be up and going and running and news and stuff will be up on there there will still be some i think behind the scenes podcast going out over the next couple of weeks as well so uh, keep an eye on the feed if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything i shall see you in a few weeks bye 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 enjoy your holiday (laughs) (laughs) abandoning us hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high end brands. And the best part, they're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.